G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on my podcast, House.com. Thank you for joining us. Big show coming up. Let me introduce my co-hosts, uh, Welshie and Lyle. Hello, boys. Oh, it's not a very good day, Tony. Well, what's wrong? Oh, come on, Tony. Go on, mate. We've all seen still the weekend, You still Let still about Sunday. We've all seen the social media. I'll yeah. have more to talk I about was... it later, but... I'm actually... Yeah, all right. No, I'm I'm a, gonna... I, look, I don't normally take sides. I normally uh, sit on the fence. No, we know that. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, that's the truth. Winters more. But, but I, I felt we, uh, as a team, we let Welshie down on the, on the weekend. Um, yeah, no, no, I don't, but I don't I believe I did let quite him used down. to that. Yeah. Um, the fact well, that I, I wasn't is... there was probably not a bad thing for you, Welshie, because if I hadn't yeah. been, you would have caught yeah. my absolute wrath. He was innocently assaulted. Oh, uh, just a man, just a man, just trying to do a little bit of a fun comedy show. You know, win a bit of trivia, talking about you know Hogan's uh, sex when life. It became, when did it become win at all costs? Like Joel just took it too far. Yeah, he didn't what have to your, get physical. Your mantra last year was, "We will win at that title, regardless of what we have to do." That was your mantra. That's out of context. No, no, that's out of anything context. like that. No, uh, you didn't. Obviously, when you edited the show, Tony, you didn't listen to it as usual. Uh, that's definitely better. Well, I'd find it hard pressed for anyone to find me saying that anywhere. I always yeah. play by the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you okay. defend yourself when you're backed into a corner. You have to defend yeah, you, yourself. And you're well, just a podcaster. He's a wrestler. I'm not, I'm not a trained wrestler. Yeah. So all I know is we still should have the trophy. My oh. mantelpiece is empty. Let's let's save it till later. Let's. Uh, I've got more about. It. I'm just going to work myself up to All right. talking about it. Let's uh, thank the uh, Australian Wrestling Network for their support of this program and the uh, thousands of dollars that they put into it. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Kid Valent last week. Very Kid good. What? Yeah. Very good. Very good, Kid. Yeah, he's a good Big egg. future. Yeah. Big upside this year for him. He's taking the next step, you know, getting in the ring with Australia's best wrestler at the moment and probably our best ever uh, wrestler. Which is not Joel Bateman. No. No. Yeah, he has to go abroad to get wins. No. Um, Can't win in Australia. Yeah, which I... Please. I I, I think he's that star for for wins here. He's probably going to book another tour to America shortly. Can I introduce our guest? Go ahead, Tony. This is a big one for you, I'm looking buddy. forward to this. You've done well, Tony. Well done, buddy. Let us down on the weekend, but you delivered this week. All right, boys. Time to catch up with our guest this evening. And I'll tell you what. I've always wanted to have a chat to this guy on our podcast. We've been doing it four and a half years now. And to get him on now to have a chat, because he has so many stories about the olden days of Australian wrestling. And Tony Marino, referee extraordinaire, joins us for a chat. Hello, Tony. I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you to everybody there. Thank you for coming on board. And we get you on board uh, at the uh, effectively the launch of your brand new DVD, which talks about the olden days of wrestling, the World Championship wrestling days of, of wrestling here in Australia. Uh, that was fantastic. They were very uh, good years and fantastic years for me. Tony, take us through the, the very early stages of your career as a referee. What made you want to be a wrestling referee? How did that opportunity present itself? Oh, my good Look, 
it will take years to explain how the thing happened, but it was more or less like an accidentally um, that it happened. But I'll, I'll cut it really short and I'll tell you. When I was young, I was doing karate, a little bit of judo, and I really liked the, um, the physical sport. So I started with karate and then on judo, and I was doing a little bit of white lifting because I went to a gym. I wanted to be a little bit taller. And um, so the guy at the gym said, look, if you do this exercise, you can get a little bit taller. But anyway, it was just bullshitting to me to <laughs> get the money. But anyway, that's all started. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I look for my size. I was five foot two. I'm doing bodybuilding a little bit. I come up really good and I feel really good. But anyway, as I'm training, there was this young kid my age who would have been maybe 18, and he said to me, um, what, are you, what are you doing all this? And I said, oh, just, I just want to get a little bit strong just for myself and everything. And then I asked the question, and what do you do? I said, I do wrestling. And I said, wrestling? I never heard that word before. I do judo, karate. And he said, look, he said, um, the school is just around the corner, which was behind the Southern Cross Hotel in, in the little, was it Burke Street, I think? Anyway, yeah. they had the new sports club there. So anyway, I, um, I said, look, I'll, after the gym, we'll finish here. We've gone to the gym. And I saw these people wrestling, which was amateur wrestling. And he said to me, you want to give it a go? Which I didn't try. And he said, oh, it's pretty strong and so forth. But anyway, I was with amateur wrestling for four years. I didn't make any competition Um because I was involved with other things. And every time there was a competition, I couldn't go. At that time, I was doing a photography. And I had a lot of weddings that at 12. A lot of competition that was at one, so I could never make it. So I missed out a lot of, lot of matches. But I did manage to get a spot because I was going to go for the Commonwealth game. I think it was in Rome somewhere. But anyway, I didn't make it. I failed. Forget it. So the guy hurt me badly. And... Um, then I'm watching professional wrestling on TV. I had to wait until midnight to watch what they were doing. It. And I'm watching and I'm watching. And I said, I like the game. But anyway, so I started going Festival Hall. Did it for years, I think it was uh, until finally I said, how am I going to get in touch with this guy? So I was waiting because at the beginning of the match, I will mention all these people where they come from, one from New York, one from San Francisco, until I mentioned this guy was from Melbourne, but I forgot his name. But anyway, I, after the matches, I chased him around a little bit and I approached him and I said, look, I liked your matches. I said, um, sorry to ask you a question. I said, uh, what do you guys train? He said, what do you want to know? I said, oh, look, I, I like the game. I just thought, and he turned around and said, you're a bit short. I say, yes, I am, but, you know, I'll, I'll give it a go on anything. I didn't tell him nothing what I was doing. But anyway, finally I convinced him after a couple of weeks that he used to wrestle a festival hall. And he said, oh, you're here again? I said, yeah, look, I need the address if you... But anyway, he told me. So I joined the... Um, I think I forgot the name. The, there was a, they, they were training in Melbourne somewhere in Clifton Hill. That's how I started it. And from there, I, I sort of... Was wrestling, yes. I, I've got to tell you this one. Before I started to wrestle, they come into the gym 
And the funny part was this again, I knock on the door because the door was closed. And I said, I want to join the club. He looked at me and said, you'd be small to come here. <laughs> and I said to myself, here we go again. So the guy beyond, he said, sign him in and get his money. I said, that's a smart person. Anyway, so I, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I got in, started training, but they wouldn't let me go in the ring. I was there for six months. All my exercise, I was doing in, in the mat outside. And I'm dying to get into the ring. Just, But anyway, so finally, one night, wintertime was cold. There was nobody at the gym except this guy turned up and he said, Tony, it's me and you. And I said, yeah, all right, look, me and you. And he said, oh, come into the ring. I'm, I just fly inside the ring. And he just body slammed here, body slammed there. And I said, oh, I'm not going to get this guy there. So I started doing some manager moves and I got him down. And he said, how, how did you do that? And I said, I can do it again if you like. And so he couldn't catch me. So I got him down, got him down. And on the end, they said, it's something you're not know, telling me. I said, look, I'm an ex uh, amateur wrestler. And from that day, it was the beginning of my um, progress, whatever. And anyway, so I just did some holes and wrestling, put him down. But the next day at the gym, everybody knew what I was capable to do. And everybody wanted to train with me because I was fast, new holes, new moves. And that's how it began. Fantastic. But then, <laughs> but then what happened? There is no wrestlers my size. Tried to get with these big guys. But at that time, there was another wrestler which was my side. I think probably you know him, Sam Rossi. So he, he, he sort of come up good partner. So we started wrestling together for a while. But then it was one night that they're doing a show somewhere and the referee didn't turn up. So they're looking around and I said, I said, who's the smaller guy, which was me in the group. So I get, got into the ring, started referee, say, oh, God, you're doing a good job. You, you want a referee next time because we can't get your wrestler at your side. So, uh, you, you know, so, so I began to referee, and that's how it all started it, until um, I met Jim Barnett, and there was history. And, Tony, would I be right in saying that Jack Little loved you as a referee for the fact that you were so much smaller than the wrestlers that you made them look like giants. Yes, and that was the story. But um, and just come up at the beginning when he, I did the first match at Festival Hall he, with the crowd, I couldn't know exactly what he was saying. And as I got into the dressing room, he mumbling something. And I said, oh, look, I think I blew it anyway. But then the, the other guy, which was Ken Fuhrer, he said, um, do you really, you know what he did say? He said, because you're over there, those guys, they look even bigger than what they are. And from there on, it just, it happened. And, uh, yeah, never looked back. With the World Championship Wrestling, I don't think a lot of uh, younger Australian wrestling fans who would listen to this program understand just how big that was uh, not just in Australia, but around the world. It was one of the biggest independent promotions in the world. Yeah, there was, I mean, with those guys at that time, they were pretty big around the world. Um, so with, with them, I toured not all Australia, but I won other country uh, for many, many years. And it was big, like in Malaysia country, Singapore, which is just unbelievable. The credit, and they get 100,000 
like it, it was it was big uh, i mean look it was just big and we're at the at the height of world championship wrestling in australia how many times a week were were you refing seven days a week seven days we, a week we uh, we started from um, the office was in sydney so we're doing um, sydney uh, Friday night, we do TV Saturday morning, we fly to Melbourne, we do festival hall Saturday night, TV on uh, Sunday morning, and then we just fly to Perth, come back, Adelaide, from Adelaide, we go back to uh, um, Sydney. So it was, it, all the major city was Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, and Perth. So in between, they used to do a lot of uh, country areas like uh in Sydney, we're doing Wollongong, uh, Newcastle. I come back in Melbourne, we're doing Bendigo, Ballarat, uh, Perth. Uh, Perth it was just Perth because it was too much time. We had to f- fly back. But, yeah, seven days a week. And you talk about doing shows in the country, Tony. It must have been a like a real big thing for World Championship Wrestling to turn up to a, a, a country city, a country town. Oh, that was really big. You know, those guys that just, uh, because we were on TV twice a week, um, there was nothing else at that time. It just wrestling was in the time. And, and that's why it was so big. TV helped a lot of people here. Um, and Barnett, too. He, he had a great time, too. What was, what was uh, Barnett like to work with and work for? He was a professional promoter. And when I'm in professionally, he will say, you represent my company and I want you to wear a suit when you're on the plane. I don't want to hear any complaints. You just behave yourself because you represent my company. And we did. And one time we all got fired. We're coming back from Singapore and everybody was wearing shorts, T-shirts. We got landed to Sydney. And said, then Mark Lewin came in and said, you're all fired. And behave yourself. So if I'd have so we didn't work for three days, it cancelled all the shows. But it was in the middle of the week, and we all having a meet at the uh, Chevron in Sydney. And I said to Mario at that time, Briscoe was here. I said, Look, I don't know what's gonna happen, but we can't cancel all the show. I think something has happened. And but anyway, we come back on Friday night and say, Okay, everybody hired, but just this was just a warning, it's not gonna happen again. And it didn't happen again, believe me. So, you know, let's uh, I strictly was was really good promoter. So, Tony, Jim Barnett, uh, how much involvement did he have in the day-to-day running of the, the actual wrestling side of the business, knowing that Mark Lewin was the booker? Well, Jim Barnett, he was, he was starting, he was running all Australia, okay? Um, he was the booker, he'll, and also Mark Lewin, he will... Um, he was the number one person which would set up all the matches. Um, but Barnett, he'll, um, yeah, he, he owned the company, so they were working together. Well, what was it like having the, the big American stars come over at a time, you know, like guys like Andre and uh, the Briscoes and, you know, Abdullah the Butcher? What, what was it like when those guys came to town? Oh, look, they, they, they were just big guys, big names, um, and their matches they were just unbelievable. Um, 
myself sometimes I used to be a bit scared with those guys, but they, they treat me good. Uh, we keep a distance and they do their job. I don't mind. We're pretty good. So we, we got on just fine. The only thing that I would complain is that I would make him work it too hard because I was moving too fast in the ring. <laughs> but they loved it. That was good. That was good. It's quite funny, Lyle, because you mentioned these big American names. Did you know how big these wrestlers were in America, Tony? Because effectively wrestling from the States wasn't shown over here on television or anything in Australia. So did you actually know how big these guys were? Oh, they were pretty big. They were pretty big. Um, I mean, um, at that time, they were just on top of the list all the time. Every promoter wanted to book these guys six months at a time. Uh, but, you know, looking back, these guys, they were pretty big. They were pretty big. They would do anything to work in the ring to bring their career in. Did you um, have guys who were your favourite to referee matches of? Uh, look, they're all a bunch of good guys. Um, some get on really good. Some, they wanted to kill me uh, <laughs> because I might wake up. But look, um, look, my favourite, look, uh, Michael Owen, Murray Milano, King Curtis, special King Curtis, um, and Briscoe. Uh, we spent a lot of time together, and they were really good guys out of the ring and in the ring too. So they um, just worked working. It was fine. I want to talk to you about the the relationship and the special relationship that you and Mario did have, and for you had for so many years. Uh, he was effectively like a, a brother from another mother, wasn't he? For you, you guys oh, look, spent we... so much time together. We spent so much time together, not only a tour around the country and overseas, it was just unbelievable, but the, there was only one problem. You don't share a room with Mario because you won't get in any sleep. Uh, snorer. <laughs> it's just you, you come up with some jokes or do something on the bed. It was just a lot of fun. Look, that's what he was doing, but he was a great person. Amazing because when you talk to people about the olden days of wrestling here in Australia, he's pretty much the first name that comes out of everyone's head. Oh, yes, it's still until today. Sometime, I mean, uh, I lost a little bit of hair and I kept looking at me and I said, By the chance, are you not Tony Mario? I said, Yeah, yeah. Oh, Mario Milano and King Curtis. The first word always is Mario Milano, but uh, they haven't forgotten about this. I don't know, but look, still a lot of people there. Now. I still say World Championship Wrestling was the best. Mm. And it was, actually. Well, he was, a, he was our Hulk Hogan to an extent, wasn't he? If, you, if, you're looking at, if you're looking at how popular wrestlers were at the time, he was effectively Australia's version of that yes, at that time. It, it, look, there was, uh, there was Dominic Danucci, um, Tony Parisi, and Mario Milano. But Mario Milano become like, a local, more or less, here in Australia, in Australia. So that's why they remember him so much. And it, it was loved by everybody. I want to bring up a, uh, a name that came over from America, a uh, big wrestler in America, um, Tony Marino. When he got to Australia and he effectively had to uh, change his name, <laughs> was, that, was that interesting? Because yes, uh, the referee's name got uh, got overshadowed by the wrestler's name. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there was uh, 
when when he arrived, I had spent a lot of time with him also in Singapore. And then he told me, his name was, he came in as a Lino Lanza. So we're in Singapore, we're going to some nightclub and, and he turned around and said, because of you, he said, I had to change my name. I said, what are you talking about? I said, my name is Tony Marino too. And because <laughs> Barnett said, because Tony Marino is already here, referee, you can't use Tony Marino. So they picked him up and they put us at dinner Lanza. And that's yeah. how it came about. That's great. It wouldn't have happened too many times where the uh, no, referee no, got, the, no, got to keep no. the name over the wrestler, that's for sure. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, no, that, that was a funny thing that it did happen. Now, being a, being a wrestling fan at Festival Hall um, and watching the matches and then actually being inside the ring refereeing, was that a, you know, was that a, a surreal moment, um, be, actually being on the other side of the barricade? Oh, look, it, it was just a dream come true when it happened. And um, um, when I, it was good, but it was just hey, amazing, um, you know, uh, the way it happened, and yeah, it was happening good. Tony, you had some uh, some other referees that sort of learnt from you over the time, and of course, one I know is uh, Vic Ferrari. Were there any referees that just didn't stack up to being a referee, and you had to break it to them? Uh, look, Vic, he come up um, for a while, but he never had the. I tried to get him a festival hall many times, but it didn't happen. Um, at that time, uh, Barnett was just able with the crew that he had. He didn't look for anybody else, but um, yeah, but it, it was fun. Uh, look, at that time, in my time, there was Eddie Swan, Michael Hunt, um, which Michael Hunt, I don't know what happened to them. I can't find them anymore. But uh, yeah, Vic, he, he was fine. Uh, we worked many years with him too. Um, yeah, so um, yeah. Did you ever receive any death threats? Yes. One guy. Oh, fortunately, no one carried them through. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was one guy that he would give me a hard time was Bru Bernard. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. He, he lost his partner, which was Skull Murphy. So he went back to the States and um, Barnett got him back in Australia again, but he was a different person altogether. So when um, we, we met, uh, he didn't like me very much because he said to me, you bloody bastard, you make me work so hard. I said, but that's, you know, that's what it is. So, and one night we're doing some country show, I think it was in Tasmania. After the match, I don't know who was working with at that time. And I really got, got into him. He left the ring and he went into the dressing room and saw Mark and said, look, I'm not working with that guy. Mark Lewin turned around and said, you get in that ring if you finish the match. And he came back. And after that time, he just didn't like me very much. Mm. But he, he was a mad bugger person. One time he was at the restaurant and someone looked in sideways. He got up. He said, what are you looking, your mother? Mm -hmm. And he smashed a bottle on the head. Jeez. <laughs> another, another time there was an incident. He was watching in the balcony, I think it was Adelaide, uh, no, it was Sydney. But anyway, one of the whole in the balcony, this woman, she was watching the match, and he turned around and saw uh, Bernard and said, oh, you ugly, 
some words and he pushed it out of the bloody stage. So Barnett put him on the plane and sent him back home. But it was it just, it was unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. He didn't like anybody much. Sounds like a loose cannon. Yeah. He was better in the ring, good in that, and better outside too. Now, now in, um, when Channel 9 um, stopped uh, running the TV shows and the company eventually closed in 1978, what was that like around that time? You know, everyone worried for their jobs and stuff like that and not knowing what the future would hold. Well, um, when that happened, I think um, Channel and I closed down and Larry O'Day and Ron Miller bought the business. Um, I don't know much of that, didn't get involved in it much because I was doing overseas tours. So um, I said, look, you got to run with 75% American, 25% Australia guys. But later in the day, I think they said, no, we're, going, we're in Australia, we're going to represent Australia, which was all right. But it didn't have not even 25% American to support the wrestling. You see, you have no competition. So they gave him 12 months, I think 12 months or two years, just, you know, come up with something. But there was the story. But then there were so many rumours, which I don't know which one was true or not. Because cricket started at the time and... They wanted a 12 o'clock spot for the year for the cricket. So I really don't know much about that time. But I'm not bet the 75% American, 25 Australian. And because Larry Day and Ron Miller, they're themselves a champion, they just, yep, they wanted to do their own thing. They had all Australian crew. And it didn't work for them anyway. Working with a guy like Andre the Giant, Tony, uh, what, what a gentleman. My, he, he, he was he was a gentleman. He was just I spent so much time with him. Um, I knew that he was sick. He told me. Um, the last time I saw him, I think was um, when he came to Australia, and he said, "Look, Tony, I might not be able to see you again." I said, "Oh, don't sorry, they didn't ever know what's happening." But yeah, he was. It, look, it, anybody met him, he was just a great person. He had a big heart. He will do anything. Only one problem, don't drink with him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's been said before. <laughs> I imagine, Tony, that you and Andre had quite different tolerance levels for alcohol. Uh, <laughs> he, picked, he said one night, he said, Tony, sit down and have a beer. And I said, no, look, I don't drink, you know. <laughs> but look, he, he was a great person. The only thing, he, if you, um, uh, sometimes he just wanted to be by himself. Uh, drinking, you will sit on a corner in a lobby somewhere, have a meal, he's always by himself. And you've got to respect that. He said, no worries, man. All good. All good. Yeah. It must oh. have been tough being in the centre of attention all the time. Yeah. Oh, yes. Always eyes on you being that, that big. Yeah. No. Yeah. One, of my, one of my biggest memories of World Championship Wrestling was uh, an interview that Ted Witten did with Andre the Giant outside the ring. And they put their hands up against each other. And the <laughs> fact that Andre's hand was double the size of Ted's uh, was amazing because we all knew that Ted Witten had uh, massive you know, hands. When you, when, you, when you get my uh, DVD, you will see some shot with him. He looks incredible. Was he, was he a hard wrestler to work with in the ring, Tony, just due to his size? And um, obviously a little bit clumsy as well. 
on on the on the end of his career, he was getting a little bit. He had to struggle to go down. If you go down, you won't get up again. Yeah, it was just working around the ropes most of the time. But at the beginning, he can take a body slam. He'll get up. He'll put his foot up. He was just just a normal wrestler. But in the last few years of his life, and that's uh, he started to slow down, and um, that's when uh, yeah, nearly ended for him. Now, talk, talk us a little bit more about the, the DVD that you're re- releasing, uh, My yeah. Wrestling Years. Um, what can we expect when we watch it? What, what, are, what are we well, looking forward to? I, I think um, when you watch, you'll see a lot of um, stuff that probably hasn't been seen before. And you will um, bring some of the people that remember Festival Hall. You'll bring back memory when they were young or some of the. It, it is good. Um, but uh, yes, it's a bit of a story there. Uh, mainly, this is my uh, glorious day when I was working with all the Americans. Um, so you, you only see uh, names like King Curtis, Mike Lewin, uh, Andrew the Giant, and Briscoe, and Fuji, um, and Morocco, uh, which I still keep in touch with him uh, because everybody slowly they're just disappearing on me. But uh, it is well put together. And I think people will enjoy it. Did you have much trouble sourcing the footage, Tony, or was it all footage that you had? Uh, look, what happened at this company, they um, approached me and I said, look, I've got a lot of stuff here. I'll give you, um, watch it, whatever you want to put it. So I had nothing to do. They, they done all the work and everything. And did I come up with this one? We looked at it. I said, it looks good. It's fine for me. And it, yeah, so um, some of the footage that I had, um, like photo that I took, uh, eight millimeter movie that I took when I was overseas, um, and photos some from Festival Hall. So it looks good. It looks good. Well, Tony, we really thank you for the time that you've spent with us tonight and reminiscing about the uh, the good old days. And uh, I mean, in all honesty, it, those days were as big as wrestling is here in Australia now. It was sort of the first wave of popularity of wrestling and then wrestling really died off for a, a period of 15 or 20 years. And now there's been this massive renaissance and it takes us back to the, the days of the, uh, the seventies, the sixties and seventies and the like. And uh, so glad you were a part of it, mate. And so glad that you could share some of those uh, special stories with us here tonight. Oh, good. Look, it, it is. I, I feel sorry sometime for the new generation of wrestling in Australia, which they're doing a great job. Um, I haven't been to uh, many local shows, but I haven't been out for a long time. But look, those guys here, I hope that one day something happened for them. But look, if you think you're good enough, uh, just pack your suitcase, essential resume in Japan, even in America. I'm pretty sure some guy, they, they went to the States or whatever, and I'm quite sure. But just give it a go because I don't know when it's going to happen here again. But look, one day someone will come in. And we'll start over again. But just those guys, just keep on trying to be ready. Do what you're doing. If you like it, keep on doing it. What can I say? My no. time my time was a great time. Lucky that I was the one a part of them, World Championship Wrestling. Good on you, Tony. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Tony. Tony Marino joining us here on The Turnbuckle.
right, welcome back, part two of the show. Uh, fantastic chat there with Tony Reno, boys. That's one for the vault. Yeah, I um, I love the story about uh, the wrestler Tony Marino needing to change his name for a, a referee. Good research, um, Lyle. Well done. Pretty sure um, Brock Lesnar's real name was Earl Hebner, and he had to change his name as well. <laughs> when, so when I was doing the research, yeah, when I was doing the research, it was it said, uh, "Oh, Tony Marino has passed away," and I'm like. This is weird. We're speaking to him tonight. Um, yeah, but it's pro wrestler Tony Marino. I'm like, this is not making sense. I don't, uh, you know, shebeki has got some mates. Uh, this is one would be fun. Um, and then dig, yeah, digging a bit deeper, and you know, um, Jim Barnett tapping uh, Tony Marino on the shoulder and saying, "No, uh, Dino Lanza, uh, I've already got a referee <laughs> named uh, Tony." That's perfect. But um, yeah, great chat. A little. Uh, trip down uh, history lane and you know check out uh tony marino my wrestling years on facebook yep get that uh get that dvd you can paypal it's under 30 dollars. the the trailer looks really good and yeah be more stories and i know we just i know that when i mentioned to a couple of australian wrestling promoters that we were interviewing tony today um there was just like that's incredible that's amazing so People who are in the industry, they know who Tony is and they know what he does and they know what he means yeah. to what they all do. No doubt. Uh, well, we came into the second segment of the show with the jackass theme, and that's appropriate since we're going to talk about WrestleBrainia <laughs> off the top. Yeah, Jeff's a jackass. No, well, I was probably more pointing towards you. I've seen video of what happened on the weekend, and I think your upfront assault I was attacked. I was unprovoked. And it was an unprovoked attack on me. Your that was assault on Joel uh, with a steel Don't bar or something. Don't no, I, I'm, a, no, I'm embarrassed. No, look, you weren't there. You don't understand. Yeah, the, not the, the video. The video didn't show everything. Um, you know, leading we up, to that. Well, we there was a knife. Oh, in, there was a knife and gun as well. No, well, I don't know. It, it was. It's dark in there in that room, and it was. It was too many people. Um, so that's why I wasn't there There's to baby say powder Welshie. floating around in the air for some reason. Yeah, like I was in the crowd, you know, with Welshie's partner. I was trying to protect her, you know, and she was holding me back. I was trying to go up there and help. I was Welshie wondering where you were. Honor. Yeah, Look, and um, we had a plan. We had, we had a plan. We had a plan to win WrestleBrainia. Two members of our team didn't turn up. Well, hang on. Yeah. One, two members weren't invited. Oh, well, I was invited. You're always Jeff, had, advice, Jeff had made it very clear to me that he doesn't want me anywhere near the place. No, no, that's in a working capacity. That's Jeff, that's what Jeff wants. Yeah, this is what Welshie. Since when does the team well, need? Well, because I respect him as the the owner and conveyor of WrestleBrainia. You've never been to a WrestleBrainia, then, Tony. If uh, you think Jeff gets if you respected, respect Jeff, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought we'll go in there as the foursome to defend the uh, the title. We've held that for a long time. We Mitch Waterman got to... nothing. We shouldn't have even had to defend the title. We should be straight to the final. Yeah. Um, mm. I thought I thought uh, Joel was way out of line, attacking uh, our good friend. And he I'm attacked also me just, from behind. From behind yeah, from, like a coward. The typical like pro coward. wrestler. Yeah. Pro wrestler attacking a podcaster. It's, and can um, we just point out how well I went at my specialty subject? What was that? Hulk Hogan's... Wedding vows or something. Personal life. Hulk Hogan's oh. personal life. Yes. Yep. Uh, How well um, did you go? I did very well. I got 
all of them right except for one. I mean, I, I may have taken a cheat sheet up there. Yeah. He he, um, he missed the, the most important one, Tony, and that was the license plate number that Nick Hogan, uh, the car he was driving that uh, fateful day, um, he didn't get there that was one. no questions about Bubba the Love Sponge or Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, which was a bit of a disappointment to me as well. Yeah. But, look, we were cheated and Hawko's to blame, and I'm making sure that our good friends at Big Dude Energy don't get cheated next week. What, you gonna I go? will be, I'll be refereeing that oh, match. Lord. That's it. And if we have to get a lawyer involved, well, we've got well, one. One of one well, of one of we one have, of those big dude energy guys is a lawyer. We've got um, BDE on retainer. Oh, That's is that yeah. true? We yep. need yep. to talk about this after the podcast. So, yeah. They've taken we've, Martin Stasio's job. Yeah, a little bit disappointed in Hawko because uh, it's. I thought he called everything straight down the line until well, until we've never this. had a problem with Hawko until this week. Very disappointing. Almost as disappointing I am in Jules and Tony for uh, not backing um, up their mates. Tony, at least, was just absent. Jules has been actively campaigning against me on social media. Yeah. Well, and it has not gone unnoticed. Where is he? Well, he's no, not even he's, here tonight. Maybe from, he, I don't think he can show his on. face. We, we spoke about this a couple of hours ago, and he's refused to come on. Well, let me just talk about this Jules character, if that even is his real name. I was home on the weekend watching a comedy show. Um, I think it was Tommy Little mm, on yep. uh, Amazon Prime. And there's Jules's ugly mug on my screen. Yeah, but front that's row. His, but that's front his row. job. Front row, reaction shots to every joke. That's his job. Getting professional asked questions crowd filler. from the stage. He's a, he's a seat filler. Yeah. I'll tell you what, yeah. he could have been a seat filler at WrestleMania. There wasn't many left. But um, he could have. He, he could have been. He would have been handy. Yeah. yeah. Did um, they take up many of the ten dollars tickets? Get taken up. Oh, it looked like most of them got taken up. Tony. Yeah, fantastic. Um, also, Jules. What he's on TV this week, and now he's too good for us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happens. Good, good luck to him on that quiz show. Whatever. Hard, it is. hard quiz. Yeah, we wish you no hard quiz. It is. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, very hard quiz. If Jules wins, that's for sure. The, obviously. Obviously, uh, Joel has taken this quite well because my understanding is is that on the turnbuckle is doing a live podcast at DMDU this week. Well, so we went over the, Joel's the head. Be, we the air's been we, cleared. We went over Joel's head. Yeah. Isn't he the owner? I thought he ran the joint. We, no, we went to Jay Stevens. Oh, okay. And they yeah. have told us that we can We're come on. on. We're and, on. Revenge. Revenge. And... Yeah, so uh, Joel didn't look too happy when I well, look when I finally woke up at WrestleBrainia. It was Joel had left. So yeah, it's smart. It's smart. Yeah. I'm assuming he's going to say backstage. In blood, so for for a moment yeah. I was worried, but then I realised it wasn't my blood. So well, there you go. Did you didn't bleed? Uh, Joel bled. Nah. Uh, you just had a nap. But I'm assuming at the live podcast, Joel doesn't even show his face. Well, he may not. I, I bet you he doesn't. I won't be showing my face because well, I don't do want mean? to be associated with you. Nah. Well, you nah, just you'll be there. Be behind Surely there. you'll be there. Well, behind there. Def- one in all in. I'm thinking about whether my involvement, I don't know. We'll see what happens. You'll be there, but, won't you? But who are we going to interview? Who are we interviewing? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I, I, I know that we're definitely going to be interviewing Alex Cologne, which I'm really excited about. Yep. Really, yeah, really, really excited. Best death match, um, match wrestler in the world. Definitely not yeah. scared. 
Definitely not. Well, he's definitely better than Joel. And it, well, he's a mate of Joel, so I'd be watching out if I was you, Welshie. Yeah, we'll see. Oh. Um, and one of our favourites who's just moved down to Melbourne, Tali. Oh, nice. Yeah, very good. Looking forward so, to it. It's going to be fun. You want to get so, there at two o'clock for that. All right. So two o'clock live podcast DMDU at uh, Yarraville. Yeah, the Kindred Band Room. That's right. Exactly. Also, all ticket holders to um, to the DMDU show will be able to get into WrestleBrainia for ten bucks. That's oh, a good deal. Um, good and deal. I believe there'll be a, a heap of wrestlers coming down for a drinks and a good party. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a great double header on Sunday. That's it. Go see DMDU poor decisions, and then come to WrestleBrainia, and then go make some see- poor decisions yourself. Correct well, then there, go and Tony. see Welshy, much in the spirit of Tony Marino, refereeing WrestleBrainia. All right. Beautiful. Love it. You're going to shave your head bald and maybe if you do it in the spirit of Tony Marino. Mate, we're, right. we're, we've got an image to uphold, Tony. We don't have shit haircuts on this podcast, okay. mate. Well, you, you certainly do. We do not have shit haircuts. All right. We've spoken about WrestleBrainia. Let's have a chat about WrestleMania. Was it? The best WrestleMania since the last best one. Oh, it was the most stupendous, apparently. <laughs> I tell you what, if I don't hear that the, that uh, stupendous word, um, I'm pretty sure everything. you're going to hear it on Sunday. Uh, it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was the most stupendous podcast of all time. Yeah, oh, definitely. We're going to have all those hijinks. Um, I tell you what, Tony. I went in with very low expectations. Yeah. Um, Much like I when I have a conversation with Tony. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes I wish you'd uh, have a side chat instead of doing it in our group chat. Um, but night yeah, one was amazing. It, I, I was blown away. It was so much fun from the start to finish. Yeah, there's some stuff in there that I didn't enjoy. But what didn't you, you enjoy? Talk about Happy Cole, Corbin like that. <laughs> I, I well, you got Drew versus Corbin. Yeah, the highlight was um, him the cutting ending. the ropes. You're cutting the ropes, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's Good refer spot. to what it really was. Attempted Committing murder. attempted murder <laughs> on poor Mad Cat Moss. <laughs> poor, poor bugger. Um, but even like, you know, the, the, the first match, Usos versus Boogs and Nakamura. I, unfortunately, Boogs tearing his quad and Patella. That tag team actually got me interested that I, I wanted to see more of them. So well, I love Boogs. Yeah, hopefully... He gets back on TV after the surgery. He can still play the guitar and, you know, do some something. I thought they were having a pretty entertaining match until the injury came along. But um, Logan Paul, he... Yeah, he wasn't bad. He blew everyone away. Yeah. He looked like a professional wrestler. And they, I think there's some people under contract that That's he's funny. better than. I expected that from Logan Paul uh, based on the fact that he is an athlete and he is... In inverted commas, an entertainer. Um, I kind of expected it from him, but um, it was the whole show was really fun, and that's what uh, that's what really it was like fun. It made me, and the the one thing that obviously comes to everyone's mind, uh, the two matches that were probably the matches of the weekend, including NXT. Uh, so it's the first time ever I think that the WWE has had better matches than NXT, is the women's match between 
Becky and Bianca. Bianca's got claims now to having had the best two women's WrestleMania matches of all time yeah, in back-to-back years. She's a freak. Yeah, and that, that, that was That's well probably away, back, that, Becky's best ever match almost. So yeah, that well, was it's, fantastic. It's, yeah, especially in recent times coming off injuries and stuff like that that uh, Becky has had. But, yeah, them and, two together, they have an amazing chemistry. Didn't Bianca lose a title in like 72 seconds or 27 seconds? Yeah, and that was the story they told. It was a redemption arc of of her losing that title, going to the back of the line, working her way back. It was like, we obviously don't watch WWE every week, but that's the story they told. And the people who do watch it, I'm sure if you ask Roger, they're they're invested in that storyline probably more than any other storyline on the card. And the other one was the Cody Rhodes thing because that – made me feel like wrestling is meant to make you feel like I was excited. I had anticipation. I was giddy. The music hit. Um, the whole thing was perfect. And then the match was, was brilliant. Like that's oh. what, that's what WrestleMania is about. It's moments. Yeah. That, that whole segment, you know, entrance and match, like Cody coming out as Cody, as he has been in the last two, three years. That's that speaks volumes to how much yeah. WWE rated. They didn't give him different music, no different look. He basically, you know, spawned in a different company. The same Cody has been the last couple of years, and it's apparently a home Vince run. Said to him, apparently Vince said to him, like, "Why would we change that? Like, this is what we're buying." Yeah, yeah. so we're that, buying this package, you're buying the brand. Yeah, yeah, and and, and, he and obviously, yeah, and obviously, yeah, the the match was a home run. Yeah, the presentation of the whole thing was a home run. Seth, before, you know, the build-up and the tension of it, once that music hit and he knew it was Cody, him, like, that nervous laughing and then getting angry at who it was, um, I thought he sold it amazing. I'm looking for what Cody can do. Did you see Raw Um, on Monday? uh, I've seen the Uh, promo. What was the the handshake between Seth and Cody? I don't know. It's. I think it, it can go both ways. I think it can go both. Like, is there? Yeah. You know, was it a respect, Seth? appreciation type handshake, or was it yeah. something building? I think I they think can work it both ways at the minute. Yeah, I think it they might come back later. Match. I yeah. think for now, it's just telling yeah. us that they're not going to have six matches with each other. Okay. Yeah. It's like uh, they close that, and yeah. Cody will do his thing. Seth will do his thing, but I do think they'll come back at some stage. So yeah. is Cody's thing uh, Roman Reigns? I don't think so. Oh, you hold that off. You hold that off. You do, yeah. Because that will just mean that Cody's going to lose to Roman. Yeah, you, I, I, don't, I don't think they, those that. guys, they can't touch until Roman and, you know, fingers crossed, it's the Rocket Mania next year. I don't I don't think those guys should cross paths until then. Whether Roman drops a, one of the titles or however they get away from this unification thing, which, you know, they, I think they'll do. Um, you know, whether Cody gets the belt, before next year or however that whatever the I keep those guys separate until Rock gets out of the way and then I think that can be that that could if they use Cody right that could headline a mania in a couple of years time yeah uh one of my favorite matches of the the two days was Edge and AJ Styles I I was mesmerized by it. I I just thought the way that those two guys performed in this era of their career was was perfect. They utilised what they can do and didn't try to do 
anything more than that. But by doing what they could do, they were actually able to do that to 100% of their potential and gave a, a, an enthralling match for me. It's an interesting one because there's been really mixed opinions on it and no, no one's wrong. Um, I know I saw Meltzer saying that he thought it was a really well-worked match, for example. And then for me, it probably went five minutes longer Possibly, than I'd yeah. like. And that's been my issue with edge matches since he's come back is they go a little bit long. Um, I'll probably need to rewatch it because I don't know if I watched it closely enough, but I know you loved it and that's awesome because I mean, edge has always been one of my favorite wrestlers and um, that's what wrestling's about. And that's what well, this it, just had, it had me totally invested. I, yeah. I was real. I rode every bump with the both of them. And I just thought, as I said, these guys can't wrestle the way they used to wrestle. Years ago, they're both you know moving oh, on in their in their 40s. career. But but what they did with what was available to them to be able to do, I just thought they used that potential of yeah. that to a hundred percent of their ability, and it was just great. Yeah, well, they're working they around. Left, they left nothing in the ring. No, no, no they're, definitely they're, not. Yeah, they're, they're working around their limitations. Obviously, Edge had his most publicized neck issues, and yeah. AJ um, had a fight with the stage uh, pre-match. On his way out. Yeah, so, yeah, um, which I don't know if that a- added to his uh, adrenaline and anger before the match, but he looked, you know, pissed he off. That match, did, did he? The, I think the beauty of, you know, the two nights, which, you know, I think it's easier to consume instead of a seven-match show, but I think that's the beauty of having matches that are so different from each other because I watched that match and I was bored to tears. And Really? Edge and, 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 that, and that's upsetting because... Those two guys, you put those guys, you know, oh, they're going to have a match at Mania. That's exciting. And I don't think it delivered on, I don't know what my expectations were. I think the crowd, maybe they were tired as well. They weren't fully invested. In a vacuum, I understand, you know, those two guys are two of the best to ever do it. So, you know, whether it was that, I don't know what I was expecting, but it just, it didn't click for me, Um, you know. But I think it's uh, a good representation that WrestleMania this year did one thing that we want WrestleMania to do, and that's give enough for everybody. So, like, Tony loved that match. Um, And then there was, like, six or seven other matches he loved. We didn't love that match, but there were, like, six or seven other matches that we did love. So there was was enough for everybody Mm. to enjoy, and that's what you want. And it was a fun, it was a fun show. Yeah. yeah. Can we can can we talk about the uh, Looney Tunes match? The Jackass. The Jackass match with Sammy. <laughs> that <laughs> match was fucking amazing. Amazing. And that, that was it was Sammy a great is match. so 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 bloody good. Yeah. And obviously we'll get to his best mate and Austin what they did on night one because you can't cannot talk not talk about it. But Sammy's ability to play the bumbling fool in the whole lead up to this and then delivering <laughs> a match with a you know, Johnny Knoxville. He's had his injuries from Jackass. He's not an, he doesn't look that athletic at all. He, you know, they, will take they totally, they, they, they totally delivered. They're using the Jackass, the big hand, you know, it was a massive pop. Wee Man coming out, you know. They also supplied Wee you Man with was your most great. successful, they, they were supplied you with your most successful tweet of all time, Lyle. So, I knew it was successful when I was seeing it being stolen by other people and websites and stuff. Um, I had that up pretty quick. I didn't see that. Yeah, I seen it was uh, repurposed on different uh, tweets. Name and shame. 
Uh, I can't remember a couple of the handles. That's why you got to put but, your logo on it. Yeah, well, I was lucky to get it up that quick. Like, if you have a look at it, the pictures don't even sync up uh, that perfect. But That's how you know it's been stolen. It was so Your good. bad version of the pictures is what they That's using. it. But- Can I say the two things I never, ever, 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 ever want to see the WrestleMania again is Vince McMahon fighting well, and two, again. a guy in a G-string. I thought that was good. Party Boy is good, Tony. That is nostalgia for us. You might be too old for Jackass. No, no, I know Jackass. Party party Boy. boy, He's still in good condition. And it was a good spot. He was in every Jackass. I don't want to see a bloke Um, in a G-string in a wrestling room. Wee Man. He was throwing some stiff shots. And I think Zami Zayn laid that boot into his face. (laughs) It's so hard. Um but got to remember, Wee that... Man has been put through a table by Brock Lesnar <laughs> at the four seasons. Yeah. So. Oh, these jackass guys, they don't care. Yeah, the work snug. Don't worry. Did um, the commentator state at that point, well, there's something we weren't expecting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I think it's like this whole weekend, it had the perfect, you know, you had you know, work rate matches, obviously, with you know, Cody and Seth, Bianca and Becky, storyline matches. Um, celebrities absolutely knocking it out of the uh, park. The this, celebrities this the were bar. fantastic. Yeah, this is the standard. Yeah. You can't go backwards no. and have a shitty Drew Carey coming in and making a and stepping over the rope. You can't do that anymore because wrestling um, fans and Austin have been taking bumps on concrete. Yeah, Austin. That's yeah. what I mean. We have to get to Austin. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure Undertaker's of- Hall of Fame speech is still going. Still go well. Is it a TED talk? Is it a self help? Is it a motivational <laughs> speech? Because when he started, I listened to the start of it and it was good. You know, he's thanking everyone, Yokozuna and you know, the BSK. I thought that was really good. But once he started getting into um, life advice, which you know, he, he's got some really yeah, weird things that he's into. Um, also, you know, uh, a shirt. It wouldn't be a Hall of Fame if the Foley's didn't complain about Mick not getting thanked by one of the inductees. <laughs> Oh, that was good. That was good. But the Steiner brothers, like Scott Steiner was good playing on the loose uh, yeah. cannon of his, you know, promos from WCW yeah. and Rick, you know, ribbing him about, yeah, thanks for leaving me with uh, 60 seconds. I thought could that was Scott really have, good. Could Scott have dyed his hair blonde just so I could have told it which one was which? I could, you could tell which one was which. He's dyed his beard still. Yeah, the goatee. Good point. No, um, I want to see the hair. I want to see the full. Yeah. So I thought... Um, the yeah, Shad right. Gaspard part, that was um oh, I got it. Yeah. I may have um gone through a box of tissues during that. Yeah. That was that was that was beautiful. um that was tough. Yeah, it was. It was the whole presentation of it was beautiful. Yeah, you know the what, sun, the, you know what? So the touching. WWE cops a lot of knocks. I had over a year. so a lot of the time. Uh, for sure, without yeah. a doubt. But what they do do well, they do bloody better well. Than, yeah, they do better than better anybody. than everyone else. Yeah. And uh, and they need and they need to receive credit for that because they yeah. some of the stuff they do is just amazing. I yeah. think they've oh. been roundly um, praised for this weekend. I think I don't think I've heard the only negatives I've heard is from people who their hobby is to hate WWE. Yeah. but but um, it's even got an open mind that you'll give them credit. Uh, having been involved as a media side of things with WWE when I went there a couple of years ago to Chicago, did you, did you just to there? see. Yeah, oh, so we haven't spoken about that. No. Just to see the work that they do in the local communities when they hit a town for a a big occasion. Like I I went to a school with them and they were in that school for 45 minutes to an hour, four wrestlers working with the kids, the teachers. It was just great. They really put in 
Velveteen Dream wasn't there. Who? I hope Velveteen Dream wasn't no, there. No, it wasn't. No. Uh, Austin, talk about Austin. Austin. It, it, would it have worked anywhere else other than Texas? It wouldn't have, would it? Yeah. This would have this, this would, would have worked yeah. at your local yeah. flea market, Tony. Yeah, this okay. guy Austin, Austin still has it. The pop, everywhere. though, was a Texas pop for Austin. No, no, that's that, an Austin pop. That, that's just an that's Austin a, that, pop. That is an Austin it to pop. to be everywhere. Really? But credit has to go to KO for building. I think the pop would have been amazing. But I think he set it to another level with his crowd work before and the build up of it. Kevin was great. Of uh, he amazing and yeah, what a weekend for two best friends that you know from Ring of Honor. Kevin Owens wrestles re- wrestles in a t shirt. You know, people have said he'd never he'd never make it to the top of. He just main evented a WrestleMania against Stone Cold. That's. Hey. Yeah, it's amazing. Did did anyone notice uh, Vince accidentally react to Austin Theory's music yeah. because he thought it was Austin coming? <laughs> well, he, he jumped the gun oh, there, or maybe maybe the producers <laughs> hitting the mute. Yeah, they weren't meant to play the. He did react. Um, yeah. So yeah, that popped me. The the um yeah the Austin because we all knew Austin was everyone except for the crowd seemed to would have known Austin was coming. The crowd seemed surprised. Yeah, I oh, well, you maybe don't want to get your hopes up when you're there. I don't know. He but, had his big day yesterday, yeah, the day before. Yeah, um, but I think that's the way it had to end. Like McAfee, out of the park. That's a home run. Oh, I want to see all, him in more he's matches. Had three matches, they've all been like that. Yeah, but look, Drink, all right. Drinking the match. beer, knocked out on the ground. Oh, so good, he gets it. <laughs> you know, even even hit the way he took the stunner, a little bit different. Everyone else, yeah. While the beer was coming out of his mouth and slowly falling down, you know. He's a, such a good athlete. Um, now, do we agree that Austin Theory's selling of the starter was the best ever? That that reminded was, me was in between of Scott Scott Hall. Yeah. Uh, he only took a couple of stunners, but he would go the squat and then pop. Yeah. Scott Hall, if you see the one he took, he almost went over the rope. He well, got that well, high. well, maybe it was a throwback to Scott Hall and a, it, it was, a respect moment. It, it was perfectly in between the Scott Hall, a big high bump. And the overselling of Rock, which um, obviously he used to do the flip and everything yeah. at the end. But yeah, Stone Cold, he, he was the such a highlight of night one and finishing off night two. Like even when he was losing Vince on the stunner and he was losing it uncontrollably, has he, there's no pressure. He had his night, you know, the match the night before, which he would have had all the pressure in his head on himself. Oh, I, Vince never took a good stunner anyway. So oh, him no. having in the last oh, one being probably the be worst fair, He's 100 years old. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, Austin, thought he's, I thought he blew his quads. I thought he blew his quads again. <laughs> but then the way that Austin got up, as you said, and he just started laughing about the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, just and, go with it. Oh, how good is that? And now yeah. Vince has been signed by Geelong. So yes, he has. <laughs> to play the second half. It'll work season. well in their midfield. There's no doubt about that. Uh, now, excellent work. Congratulations, WWE. Really, really good WrestleMania. And as Lyle just said before, the bar has now been set. It's going to be so hard for him to go backwards from that. Yeah. Well, they'll go backwards. You just wait for backlash. <laughs> but, that, but this is what we want. Like, I don't, you know, they don't have to, every match doesn't have to be a home run. Like, I know we're a little bit sour on Raw. Well, I just want to have fun. But I want, I just want to have fun. And if yeah. I'm having fun, I can put up with the one or two matches that I don't care about. If WWE give me fun and AEW give me good wrestling, that's everything I need from wrestling. Perfect. One's an entertainment company, one's a wrestling company. If they're both doing good at what they do, it's good. 
Yep, not fickle. Uh, wrestling back at home this weekend. Who's going to Thornbury? I will be going to Thornbury. You'll be a man to see uh, Vendetta. Vendetta, I'm looking forward to this cage match, Tony. Slex and Rocky Monero. That's uh, going to be a hot match. The big blow-off match. I haven't been to too many cage matches locally, Tony, um, in this country. So. The last one you would have gone to would have been Nakamura versus Samoa Joe. Uh, it wasn't, but it was, I think it might have been a, a dodgy-looking one. Maybe it's a BCW show. I can't remember. The, but it was one afterwards. Might have been um, an NAW was... show where they just didn't take it down in every match yeah. as a cage match. <laughs> oh, that's right. They're the... Seven. No, Tony went to that one, I think. I did. Correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that look. Well, match I'm really interested in to see Mark Moretti, Tony, uh, yeah. versus uh, Welsh's boy Royce or our boy Royce. Royce, pick up the PWA title, title to go with his title versus title. This is uh, uh, what calling him Royce three belts after this weekend. Is this a DQ? This, I don't know I which company. It's got to be a DQ because I. I I can't see one guy holding both belts from either company, you know, because they're not coming in each month. It's um, it's intriguing. I, mm. I'm looking forward to seeing that, just how they work it on the night. And you've got you Mitch know, Waterman velocity. defending his title. Yeah, and it's um, against uh, – it hasn't been announced yet, but I know him and Bonza have been doing a little bit of back and forth on social media. So maybe Bonza's coming down for that. Yeah, you got new, the velocities. Velocities. A new, look, a new look, Mitch Waterman, too. New look, Mitch Waterman. Yeah. Big friend of the show. Big friend of the I show. I think so. Just have a look at the Very photo handsome. that they've got of him on their uh on their page as a promo for his match. He definitely looks different. Very handsome man, Mitch Waterman. He is. Yeah. You got the velocities versus the uh, natural classics. Natural classics just returning back to Australia after doing a bit of a stint. In the US and in Mexico, Tony. So they did, yep. I've heard they did really well over there. Yeah, really well, really well. Uh, the, all the reviews. So big, big Saturday night. And Crackerjack too. I think fighting someone is he. I'm sure there's a tag team match there with uh, Crackers I, I, and Gore. I, I believe he, yeah, with him Gore, and Gore yeah. Are okay. teaming up. So yeah, so they'll be killing really some good. poor bastard. Oh tickets, yeah. Tickets still available. Yeah. Tickets still available. Limited tickets available. Right, jump on the MCW website, mcitywrestling.com.au, and uh, grab your tickets from there for Vendetta on Saturday night at Thornbury Theatre. PCW versus RCW. Yeah, the South Australians are invading this weekend. Yeah, Friday and Saturday night. It's interesting. And yeah, they're like they're involved in DMDU as well, so they're here all weekend. Yeah. yeah. So you got the yeah RCW. Oh, I think we need to bring some COVID rules back to keep them out. <laughs> now we get to see. Some of some of their big names. Matt Hayter, obviously, he's going to be working a couple of the shows. Yeah, they got Friday night in Croydon. Matt, and Matt Hayter versus Ryan Rapid. Main event anywhere in the country. Anywhere. Anywhere. So, yeah. We've got the... Where is it? Is it Friday out at Ferntree Gully and Saturday at Croydon? Or the other way around? But the Pereira uh, here, Saturday night, Castone versus... And, and JJ Ferno, so hopefully the prayer don't bring any chairs with them. They'll well, if they bring chairs up. with them, they won't have them at the end of the night. Yeah, so I can I can confirm it is uh, Friday night in Fertry Gully, Saturday in Croydon South. Well, I'm glad yeah, someone's so... done their research, Tony. Well, he just, no, I'm just probably read, read the run sheet. Right yeah, that yeah. I did. Um, I knew I had it right. Um, so yeah, having you know, I know Delta's over. 
you know, so you assume you know she might pop up at MCW as well as Deathmatch Down Under um, versus Tali on Sunday. You know, bit of work for wrestlers down here in Melbourne. Good. There is Good this time. weekend. Yeah. We're, 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 and the um, great news about it is, is that there's a lot of interstate punters here for the Grand Prix. So there could be time. some good crowds. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you who else has been booked for DMDU this week. Us. Us. Yeah, we talked about that before, but we'll speak about oh, it. I know. Again. We should speak about it all the time, though. Yep. Again. It's... um. This is a weird one, a bit like uh, Hulk Hogan back in the 80s. He'd go on early. The main event would go on early, so he could hit another town. We're going on early as the main event for... So I can hit another town, So then, well, she can hit another town. Exactly. get there early and see the main event before the show starts. Before we get into the shows of the weekend, Ring of Honor, what do you got to tell me about them? Well, this is good. Obviously, they had to hit it out out of the park, you know, Tony Khan... Uh, buying the company, so this is their first show since then. Yeah. My favorite match of the weekend, uh, FTR versus the Briscoes, tag team wrestling at its best. If you can find it, you know, you can just get up the Ring of Honor streaming service, what Honor Club, go get it there. Amazing match, my match of the weekend, personally. Easy watch. The whole show, um, Suzuki's on there, winning a championship, his first in America ever. And you had, at the end of the main event, Samoa Joe debuting, coming oh, out. There you go. So him coming back to Ring of Honor, another little nostalgia for the weekend. Um, see where they go from here. Um, home run for well, the first show back. The good news is, is that if anyone thought that uh, Tony Khan had brought the uh, Ring of Honor, just to use it as a, a sort of a development, for uh, AEW, well, that's wrong because they're uh, gone pretty hard out first off the bat, haven't they? Yeah, well, I think you use it for both, but you can't be lesser than because if it's lesser than, fans see straight through it and they yeah. treat it as lesser than, and it yep. becomes Thursday Night Thunder. It's got to be different then. Yeah, well, it is. It's still got the pure rules and the real extreme wrestling base uh, for the hardcore wrestling fans. Um, um. I'm here for it. I'm looking forward to their next show. Excellent. Let's go through what's happening this weekend down in Melbourne. Australian Grand Prix weekend and plenty of uh, wrestling, not just here in Melbourne, but right around the country. Have you got any any spoilers on the Grand Prix? Who's who's winning it? PCW, don't ask stupid questions. They're going to be a running? Nobody knows who wins live sport. Stop kayfaving us. uh, Nobody knows who wins live sport. What's the the spot going to be? Uh, oh, no, we have first... and Hamilton. There's always a first corner spot at the Grand Prix. Yeah, right? that's what I mean. Like that's the high spot, isn't it? Without a doubt. And then it's just a boring edge AJ. No, match no, they've changed laps. the track. <laughs> they've changed the track. There's a lot more opportunity for overtaking. All right, all right. No, to be honest, Tony, I have been watching the Formula One. I kid. I what kid. they've also done this year, they've got Dick Dastardly, and every time he gets in the lead, he's going to stop with Mutley and set traps for the other for the other drivers. <laughs> Bit of wacky races. <laughs> I tell you what, just put Johnny Knoxville and Sammy Zane in, in a car yes. each. And it's celebrity race. Do they still have that, Tony? Get these guys oh, in no, a celebrity used, race. Uh, Penelope Pitstop used to be my favourite. Of yeah, course she well, was. Oh, of course. Did you ever get invited to celebrity race, Tony? No. Not a celebrity. No. Bring it back. I got invited to a celebrity race down in some street in Croydon one day, but didn't take up the offer. 
but you'd be probably in jail. Yeah, correct. That's why I didn't take it up. Uh, PCW versus RCW and Ferntree Gully. Adrenaline Pro, they've got Breakout 27 in Seaford. Saturday night, we've got UPW, Next Gen in Caboolture. IWA, Relentless in St. John's Park. RCW versus PCW again at Gluttony Tour in Croydon South. MCW Vendetta at the Thornbury Theatre. And on Sunday, DMDU Poor Decisions at Kindred Ballroom. And then on Sunday afternoon, of course, WrestleBrainia. Don't forget, on the Turnbuckle live podcast. What? What? Pump us first, Tony. Bigger, Bigger, bigger. Don't forget, on the Sunday, the absolute number one thing you need to know about the most stupendous podcast in history. The On the Turnbuckle Live podcast at Kindred Board, uh, Kindred Bandroom, Ballroom. What are we talking about? Bandroom, Bandroom, the Bandroom, is it? Bandroom. Um, if, if you think Mania Weekend was big on the Turnbuckle, you were, weekend you were right. Hey, I tell you what, <laughs> just a message for any RCW wrestlers or fans that are listening before your show in Croydon. You, if you're from Elizabeth, you're going to feel right at home. Yes, very much. Very, very much. Uh, no, no, oh, geez, there's though. so much more I want to add to that, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> Save it for the live podcast. <laughs> Catch you later. See you, fuck, wait. Right, thank you for joining us right here on the Turnbuckle.